Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. We're going to do the readings now for Monday, uh, the uh, third week of Advent. The readings for Monday, third week of Advent. So let's begin. <clears throat> In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to please pray with me and for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us and bring us all to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Okay, this is from the uh, Prayers from the Imitation of Christ. This is for Advent. O, merc o most merciful God, I implore you to keep me from being overwhelmed by the cares of this world. Do not allow me to become too involved with my bodily needs and the pursuits of pleasure. Preserve me also from any danger to my spiritual life when I tend to become disheartened by troubles and anxieties. I ask to be delivered not only from the attraction of those earthly goods that the worldly covet so eagerly, but also from those miseries that weigh so heavily upon my soul and prevent me from experiencing your presence as frequently as I would wish. Amen. This is, uh, again, from The Imitation of Christ, Book 3, Chapter 26. It's interesting. I like I like these prayers. They're pretty good. Um, now, um, we're going to do the readings. We're in the third week of Advent. Time moves by very quick. That's... Uh, Something I think we all know about. I mean, before you know it, you know, a year becomes three years. Three years become 15 and 15 become 30. It's time goes by fast. Alrighty. So uh, here it is. Entrance Antiphon from uh, Jeremiah 31. Hear the word of the Lord, O nations, declare it to the distant lands. Behold, our Savior, uh, our Savior will come. You need no longer fear. Incline a merciful ear to our cry, we pray, O Lord, and casting light on the darkness of our hearts, Visit us with the grace of your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Okay, so this is from the uh, the book of Numbers uh, from Moses. It's chapter 24. 
a star shall advance from Jacob. All right, a reading from the book of Numbers. When Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped by encamped tribe by tribe, the Spirit of God came upon him and he gave voice to his oracle. The utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of a man whose eyes is true, the utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured with eyes unveiled. How goodly are you, tents of Jacob, your encampment, O Israel. They are like gardens beside a stream, like the cedars planted by the Lord. His wells shall yield free-flowing waters. He shall have the sea without reach. His kings shall rise higher. His royalty shall be exalted. Then Balaam gave voice to his oracle. The utterance of Balaam, son of Beor, the utterance of the man whose eye is true, the utterance of one who hears what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured with the eyes unveiled. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall advance from Jacob, and a staff shall rise from Israel. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Psalm 25. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Your ways, O Lord, make known to me. Teach me your paths. Guide me in your truth and teach me. For you are God, my Savior. Teach me your ways, O Lord. Remember that your compassion, O Lord, and your kindness are far from old. In your kindness remember me. Because of your goodness, O Lord, teach me your ways, O Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Thus he shows sinners the way. He guides the humble to justice. He teaches the humble his way. Teach me your ways, O Lord. So, uh, this is interesting. This particular chapter, uh, I think I do remember that there was um, more to uh, the book of Numbers, that pass that uh, that passage, because I think this is something that bothered that they they scholars believe that might have bothered Herod. Hold on, this is the um, this is it. This is the passage here, starting from verse seventeen. Uh, chapter 24, book of Numbers. I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not nigh. A star shall come forth out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of, ja uh, out of Israel. It shall crush the forehead of Moab and break down all the sons of, of Sheth. Verse 18. Adam shall be disputed be dispossessed. Okay, so it ends there with Adam shall be dispossessed, and some believe that this is what troubled Herod the Great, because he knew the prophecy, a star shall rise out of Jacob, and this part, Adam, shall be dispossessed, 
or Adam's reign shall end. I, I remember there was something like that. So that probably is true. That probably is something that bothered Herod. He probably was aware of that. Maybe that's the first thing that came to his mind. Maybe it was a reading he heard um, in his palace, on a, maybe for a Sabbath uh, services, he might have heard it. And he might have been aware of it. Maybe that's what came to his mind when he saw that star and it, and it was made clear to him that these wise men were following a star and maybe that particular passage, Adam shall be dispossessed or Adam's reign shall come to an end, depending how you want to, you want to translate that passage. It means the same thing and it probably bothered him. It probably terrified him that his kingdom will be taken away from him, that his throne will be taken away. Everything he worked for will suddenly be gone. And, you know, he was constantly in a panic mode, which probably obviously made him order all the deaths of the newborn under two years of age in Bethlehem. Interesting, but horrifying that he was constantly in a paranoid state. Okay, here we are. Alleluia, alleluia. Show us, Lord, your love and grant us your salvation. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, chapter 21, verse 23 to 27. John's baptism, where did it come from? When Jesus had come into the temple area, the chief priests and the elders of the people approached him as he was teaching and said, by what authority are you doing these things? And who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them in reply, I shall ask you one question, and if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was John's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or of human origin? They discussed this among themselves and said, If we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, Then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we fear that we fear the crowd, for they all regard John as a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, We do not know. He himself said to them, Neither shall I tell you by what authority. I do these things. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go over what Numbers tells us here. When, uh, reading from the book of Numbers, chapter 24, when Balaam raised his eyes and saw Israel encamped, encamped tribe by tribe, with the spirit of God, when the, the spirit of God came upon him and he gave voice to his oracle, the utterance of Balaam son of Beor, the utterance of a man whose eyes is true, the utterance of, of one who hears what God says and knows what the most high knows, of one who sees what the almighty sees, un, enraptured with, an, with eyes unveiled, how godly, your your tents, O ja how goodly your tents, O Jacob, your encampments, O Israel. They are like gardens beside a stream.
like the like the cedars planted by the Lord. His wells shall yield free-flowing waters. He shall have the, the sea within reach. His king shall rise higher. His royalty shall be exalted. Then Balaam gave voice to his oracle. The utterance of Balaam son of Beor, the utterance of the man, of the man whose eye is true. The utterance of one who hears what God, what God says and knows what the Most High knows, of one who, who sees what the Almighty sees, enraptured with eyes unveiled. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall adv advance from Jacob, and a staff shall rise from Israel. So, and then, of course, there's a passage where it continues in that same area, that same chapter, uh, Adam's, Adam's, Adam shall be, shall be dispossessed. This is probably, that's a passage that probably scared, uh, King Herod, uh, because King Herod himself, uh, might've heard that during that time, during some point of the year, it might've stood, stood, uh, stood out to him about Adam shall be dispossessed. And it probably because Herod himself came from the the tribe of uh, of the the nation of Adam. He was an Edomite. Now, this passage here is beautiful because one, it talks about of the tents and the tents like the garden of God by the stream of water. The stream of water represents the the grace of God, the word of God, and like the gardens of. You know, those who people who believe in God, all the nations or the tribes, tribe by tribe, lined up by the stream, meaning lining up by the word of God. And then it goes on, you know, to talk about the king shall rise higher and his royalty shall be exalted. Um, again, like God himself will plant himself his tent, and he did. He planted his Ark of the Covenant, his uh, portable tabernacle, that he moves with his people through all the earth. That, you know, in a sense, it speaks of the incarnation that will come. And then he goes on to say, at the, uh, the last part, it's very beautiful. I see him, though not now. I behold him, though not near. A star shall advance from Jacob, and a staff shall rise from Israel. Meaning, the shepherd, the true shepherd, shall come and make his dwelling among men, among human beings. It's very beautiful, lovely. Now, um, we get to the part about Matthew. And here, this is something we have to pay close attention to. Now, it's actually very interesting that we have... Balaam, and Balaam is not a Jew. Balaam is an Edomite. He is a pagan prophet, not a true prophet, but God worked through the pagan prophet, through, a, through this man, because he chose to do it this way. At this point in Israel, in Jesus' day, it's, we have often got passages where Jesus looked at the people and he saw that they were sheep without a shepherd, a flock 
without someone to lead them. They were shepherdless. They were leaderless. Their teachers neglected them. Their priests, their ministers have neglected them. They came to Jesus, the, the, the elders, the priests and the elders, and they asked, by what authority do you do this? And Jesus said, I will answer if you will answer my question first. You know, he, he says that to them and, you know, you know, I shall ask you one question. And if you answer it for me, then I shall tell you by what authority I do these things. Where was John's baptism from? Was it of heavenly or of human origin? They discussed this among themselves and said, if we say of heavenly origin, he will say to us, then why did you not believe him? But if we say of human origin, we fear the crowd for they will guard for they regard John as a prophet. So they said to Jesus in reply, we do not know. He himself said to them, neither shall I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now, what is the lesson from this? What is the lesson from the first reading and the lesson from this reading here? The lesson is that regardless what, how bad our ministers are in the Catholic Church, even in the Orthodox Church, God will work through a bad minister. In other words, the office is true, though the man who occupies the office has no faith, lacks faith. It doesn't matter whether he's a pope or whether he is a cardinal, a bishop, an auxiliary bishop, or archbishop, or whatever you want to call them, or even a monsignor and a, a, a deacon or a priest, whatever you want to say, it doesn't matter. The God will still perform his graces through them, though they lack faith. And this is what's important. This is something that a lot Protestants may not ha be able to handle. This they can't they, because they 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 can get up and they can go to another another church community or another uh, whatever to, whatever community they want to join or start their own. It doesn't matter to them. I mean, right now the new thing now is non-denominational. That's the new thing now for them, you know. And or or they'll start their own their own house house church. It's very easy for them. It's very easy for them to, to go start. They can just start their own church home because they don't need sacraments. They don't need, they don't need those things. They don't need sacraments and, and everything else. They just can start their own. And, and, and they, they sometimes basically they can go to another community and just start a, another, uh, what do you call it? And just get rebaptized. That's how easy it is for them. For us, no, as Catholics, we can't just abandon the Catholic Church because the Church was made by Jesus Christ, not by these men, not by the Pope. The Pope is not the, the Catholic Church. The Pope is part of the Catholic Church. The office of the Pope belongs in the Catholic Church. The, the Pope is dependent on the Catholic Church. Okay? The Pope is dependent on Christ. But the man, the man if he has no faith... That's his problem. That's his. It's not, he, he doesn't destroy the church. Judas betraying Christ did not destroy the church. Peter denying Jesus three times did not destroy the church. The apostles abandoned Jesus 
And that did not destroy the church. Christ's church continues. He gave, he gave him the keys of the kingdom. He, call, he, he gave him the position of leader. Did that destroy the church when he, when he failed to perform his duties? No. Did the apostles destroy the church when they failed to perform their duties, when they failed to stand by him, like as well as with Peter? No. Did Judas, when he, when he went and conspired against him to betray him, to betray his, you know, his, you know, his, his loyal, you know, destroyed his loyalty, sold it for 30 pieces of silver. Did that destroy the church? No. The church, Jesus said, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Okay. And that's important. When John's gospel says that when Caiaphas said, it's better that one man should die than an entire nation should perish. John said he said it not by his own accord, but being high priest that year, high priest that year. In other words, the man's hatred and lack of love for Jesus or fear of Jesus, lack of faith for Jesus, whatever it is you want to call it, did not compromise his office as high priest. Okay, it did not compromise his position as high priest. Okay, or the office of high priest, I should say. The office of high priest, not the man. The man himself might be compromised. I should have said that. The man himself might be compromised, but not the office of Aaron. Not the office of Aaron. Only God can decide when to end that office. And eventually that office of Aaron was passed. That's why... It was passed to Jesus. Jesus himself is the one who created the the new office and the new the new the new order, which is the Catholic faith, which is the Church. A lot of people just don't understand that. That's why a lot of Catholics gets you know because of the lack of catechesis. We have to have faith. Continue to have faith. Continue to have faith regardless. All right, let's. Let's end it here. Our Father, who, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory now and forever. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now, at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in the day of battle. Be our protection against the wild and wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who prowl the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen.